What's up, everybody? Welcome back to an episode of the Sports Forecast. I wanted to wish everybody a happy Wednesday. Hope everybody's week's going good. Um, just want to start off the episode and uh, just send all my positive thoughts and uh, good vibes to the families of Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix, uh, two University of Georgia football. One was a player, one was a, uh, a, um, like a re- recruit manager. She, she helped out with the team. Uh, they died in a car accident recently, uh, this past Saturday. So I wanted to just extend my, uh, deepest re- sympathies and regards to uh, their families because I know that's I couldn't imagine what they're going through. So um, just wanted to send our respects and hope that they uh, get peace, uh, somehow find peace through all this. Um, but uh, just wanted to get in. I know everybody has uh, seen and heard about everything you could about the national title game it's been nine days now and it's still kind of baffling to me 65 to 7 i thought it was gonna be closer i anticipated a closer game i called a closer game and it was close for about 10 minutes georgia scores georgia kicks field goal tcu scores never scores again 65 7 won by 58 points biggest Biggest points differential in any national championship. Um, just just crazy stats. I've just something I've never seen before, never thought I would see. So we're going to go ahead and point out that the new standard for college football is University of Georgia. If you want to be the best, you got to run through Athens. That's just how it is. You win back to back national championships. There's really no way around it. The title goes through. Athens. They were the first team to go back to back since Alabama in 2011. They're the first team to ever go back to back in the college football playoff era that started in 2014. So it was it was quite a show, especially for us Bulldog fans. We had to wait forty something, forty years, forty one years in between titles, and then we get one the very next year. It was, it was friggin' awesome. I loved it. The mailman is moving on. It's time for him to go. We got three blue chip quarterbacks sitting there waiting. They're going to fight it out over the offseason. Anxious to see what happens there. You got Beck. Kid's got great arm strength, but he's a pocket guy. You got Vandergriff and Stockton. They have good arm strength, but they also can scramble, kind of like Stetson. So it'll be... It'll be uh, Interesting to see how that plays out over the uh, offseason. But as of right now, the standard is UGA football. I think in the way too early predictions, I've seen one that's had Georgia sitting at number one. I have one that's seen Alabama at one and Georgia at two. Either way, I'm not a big fan of the pre, the super early top 25 predictions, this, that, and the other. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen. Like I say, there's a transfer portal, which I'm going to get into later on here in this episode. 
you got injuries over the off season. There's just a lot of stuff, a lot of variables. So this way too early stuff, I don't put much faith into it. I read it because it's it's a sports article, so I'm going to read it. But still, it's just not a it's not something I put a lot of faith in. But uh, UGA is definitely going to lose a lot of players uh, in this off season. I mean, we've got several people that have put their name into the transfer portal, but we'll get into that in a second. But right now we've got several guys that are leaving to go play, to put their name into the NFL draft and see how that goes. I mean, some of them are seniors, some of them are underclassmen that are declaring. But, I mean, we're losing, we'll be losing a lot of people. Now, granted, but we've got a lot of people coming in, but again, I'll get into that here shortly. But we've got... We got eleven people, twelve people going to uh, that are going to enter the draft. You know, of course, I think Stetson's. I, you know, Stetson's going to enter. He's graduated. There's no way around it. I think he enters the draft. You got Kenny McIntosh is going to go. So, you know, we're one running back short, but we'll be fine. Kendall Milton's coming back. You still got Dejon Edwards. You got uh, Branson. Uh, Robinson, who's a stud. Then you got two incoming freshmen coming in that look to be studs. So we're good. We'll be fine at running back. Like I said, quarterback will still be fine. Um, Kiaris Jackson was a senior. He's leaving this year. Um, we're losing our big boy Darnell Washington. He's going to the pros. He's uh he'll definitely make a he'll definitely make a team. He'll get drafted. I mean, a kid who blocks like that can catch like that and has that size. I don't know how he doesn't get drafted. Um, we now we are losing some of our offensive line that's been great as of late. But I will say we got guys that have been playing during big games, big times, and they play fine. So our offensive line should be fine next year. But we're losing Warren Erickson and Warren McClendon, who um, McClendon was involved in that wreck as well last Saturday. Um, hope for a speedy recovery for him. And there was another one of the staffers on UGA's team. She was in there. And she was injured worse than he was. But they said that she is stable, so she should make a recovery. But I wish the best to both of them. Uh, my boy Nolan Smith, who didn't get to finish out, but he's still a two-time national championship champion who is another coach on the sideline. He'll be leaving. Chris Smith has been a great safety for us for the last few years. He's leaving. Uh, another offensive lineman, Broderick Jones, will be gone. Then you got our big corner, Keely Ringo. He's gone. And possibly the number one pick in the draft, deciding on how they want to play it, Jalen Carter, our defensive lineman, who's just an all-out freak. And just like last year, anything could happen. Like Trayvon Walker was the number one draft pick this year. He was not predicted to be number one, one, not even close, until the draft combine. Once you get a draft combine and the pro day is done, you really get to see what people are made of, and and he just flew up there. So, Jalen Carter's been talked about being the number one pick, possibly. So is Will Anderson, and you got other and Bryce Young, other people of that nature. Depending on how Chicago wants to use that first pick, trade back, whatever they want to do. I've heard a lot of rumors. You know, I've heard maybe trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I don't know what they're going to do. But after the pro day and the draft, I mean, or the combine, Jalen Carter could solidify his number one with his stats there. 
you know, or Will Anderson. Will Anderson's a stud out of Alabama. That kid is a beast. Uh, I hate to say Georgia had a shot at him and thought he was not their type of player, and he went to Bama and showed us that he is. He's any type, anybody's type of player. But um, And we're losing our kicker, J- Hot Pod, J-Pod. He's gone. Um, we're bringing one in, so we should be fine there. But that's what we're losing as of right now to the draft. Um, I've seen Broderick Jones's name in first round, Jalen Carter's, um, possibly Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo. I've seen a lot of them in the first round, um, in the predictions and stuff like that. So we'll see how that ends up. But to the, to the big stories I've been seeing coming out of UGA, some of these players that are entering the transfer portal. So before I get into who these players are, some of these players who I've seen play in big games, make catches in big games, play in both national championships, both playoff semifinals, big games across the board during the regular season, SEC championships, them choosing to leave lets me know that Georgia still has studs that are there and studs that are coming in if they think that they're still they're not going to get any playing time after being there two years, maybe three years. So for them to transfer tells me that Georgia's probably sitting pretty with what's coming in and what's already there. The biggest one to me is A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell had the game-sealing touchdown in, well, not necessarily, I guess not necessarily the game-sealing touchdown, but the game-changing touchdown in the 2022 College Football Championship against Bama. That big play on that, uh, they had the free play because the homeboy was offsides for Bama. Stetson throws it up, and he comes down with it over the top of the, cornerback in the end zone push Georgia up all the momentum swings in our favor bam comes back he gets hurt in week two this year doesn't play a lot comes back makes a game winning touchdown against Ohio State in the semifinals then makes a great one-handed catch in the national championship this year so I think the kid had like you know five six touchdowns in the past two years maybe only 30 catches but he fought injury so for him to lead because you know, Lab McConkey's coming back. He said he was coming back. But between Lab McConkey and Brock Bowers and then A.D. Mitchell, that'd have been our top three. Now, granted, Dylan Bell played a lot this year as a freshman. We still got Rosemary Jack Saint coming back. Um and a few others uh receivers that'll be coming back. So I guess A.D. Mitchell just kind of looked around, saw some of these incoming freshmen and what was still there, said, you know what, I might I might want to look somewhere else. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't decide to come back. Uh, Amarius Mims last year sat in the transfer portal for a while, checked his options, and ended up coming back and ended up playing a lot of snaps this year in the O-line, and he's looking to me like he's going to be a starter next year. So he came back. So these people can come back. So A.D. Mitchell can choose to come back, but for him to even decide he wants to get in the portal tells me we should be sitting good at wide receiver. Dominique Blaylock, kid who's fought two – Two knee injuries come back, made a big play in the semifinal, made a big catch in the or made some, a few catches in the national championship. Kid who's played good. He's entered the portal. So again, another good player who's got stats, who's got primetime game experience, enters the portal. So you know, we'll just have to see. Uh, another big one who I noticed and uh, who has already signed somewhere else is MJ Sherman. Five star. Linebackers played good, played in some big games, 
Um, he's gone and he is signed with Nebraska. He is out. He won't be coming back. I wish him all the best. He's played good. He's got two national championships under his belt. By all means, hey, have a great career, buddy. Um, Tresman Marshall, another linebacker who I had a sack in the national championship game, had some playing time, played some minutes. He's transferring. Don't know where he's going yet, but um, best of luck to him. Now, A.D. Mitchell, I've seen that Texas is what people are predicting is where he'll end up going. He's a Texas kid from Texas. He picked Georgia over Texas. The kid's 6'4", 190 to 200. Big receiver, good receiver, fast receiver. But with Rosemary Jack Saint, Arian Smith, Ladd McConkey, Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp will be here. And these incoming and you got Ra Ra Thomas who's coming in. You got uh Dominic Lovett coming in. They're coming in for the transfer portal. I mean, these guys are just saying, hey, you know, we might not have a shot. So I hope that A. D. Mitchell has the best. He might end up at Texas, might be a great fit with Quinn Ewers and um, Arch Manning going to be there. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, a backup lineman, uh, Jacob Hood, I don't know a whole lot about him. Didn't see a whole lot about him, but best of luck to him. But then you got three tight ends. Boom, 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 gone. Ryland Goaty and Eric Gibson. Uh, he or Gilbert, he came in from LSU. I don't know what was going on with him. All I kept hearing was some injuries and then personal issues and this and this and this. He ended up with a touchdown this past year. Uh, wish him the best of luck. Ryland Goaty, he's been there a while. He's got some playing time. He just wants some more. Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp. And then we've got this kid coming in. Um, What is his name? Give me one second to find it because he's coming in. And he they said they've been calling him a unicorn. And that tells me that uh, Pierce Sperling is a tight end coming in as a freshman. 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, He's a little bit bigger than Brock Bowers, but they said he can do all of the things Brock Bowers does. So, you know, these guys are heading out. Uh, Brett Seether, he's already signed with um, Georgia Tech, so we'll get to play him for the next couple years before he runs out of eligibility. So he's gone. But then you also got uh, – we got one of our five-star freshman quarterbacks that came in there a freshman this year, uh, Jaheim Singletary. He is transferring. I guess he, he's a big corner, too. 6'2", 190, big guy. I guess he just sees the talent coming in as well and what we still have there. I mean, you still got Bullard. You still got Lassiter. Um, a couple guys that played, you know, some minutes this year that were freshmen and sophomores. So, again, just the talent across the board has some of these guys that are five-star players, blue-chip players, deciding to go elsewhere. And then... Uh, one of our backup defensive linemen, defensive end, uh, Bill Norton, he has signed with uh, Arizona, so he'll be gone. So wish him the best of luck. So, you know, we've got – we're losing 20-something guys. A little over 20 guys right there. But, I mean, looking at what we got coming in, like I said, we have Ra Ra Thomas and Dominique Lovett. They are transferring ones from Texas A&M – or no – One's from Mississippi State and one's from Missouri. Uh, receivers, they're coming in. We ended up getting a transfer in Smoke Bowie. Uh, he was a freshman corner this year at A&M. He's coming to Georgia. He's signed. But some of these guys we got coming, man, are studs. A lot of four stars. Tons of four stars. And then we got a couple big five stars. Damon Wilson, a defensive end. You got A.J. Harris, a big-time cornerback, five-star. 
you got Sam and Pimba as a defensive end. We've got a lot of guys coming in. I mean, we've got more guys coming in than we have leaving. Um, like I said, I mean, we've got we didn't go out and get a quarterback this year because we we're pretty set on quarterbacks. We got five our three five stars sitting there and a walk on that's in there. I mean, we've got quarterbacks. We're fine, but we went out and we got three running backs coming, uh, five wide receivers, two tight ends. Plenty, you know, four offensive linemen, five defensive linemen. That's ends and interior defensive linemen. Uh, three big time linebackers, five big time cornerbacks, a safety and a kicker. I mean, it, we look good as far as what's coming in. Um, I mean, and these are some big guys. You know, some big corners over six foot receivers. You know, um. Over six foot, and that's where the game's going. I mean, these five ten receivers, five eleven, they're they're still going to do their thing. A Kiaris Jackson, a Arian Smith, they're going to do their thing. But these big ones, like a Dylan Bell and a Ad Mitchell, and you know these big old boys, they that's kind of where it's going. If you're big and speedy, you can play in the SEC, and that's what I noticed about the SEC or the national championship game. Everybody on our team is big and fast, and TCU has never seen that. Like, yeah, they played Michigan, and Michigan's, I mean, Michigan's a good school. Don't get me wrong. Number two in the country all year. Beat Ohio State the last two years. Won the Big Ten the last two years. They're no, they're no scrubs. I'll give them that. But when you come out and play the SEC, something about it just means more down here. And people can always, people always complain and gripe and bitch about, well, the Big Ten had more this many win teams and they did this 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 in the in the um um bowl season and da 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 but with the SEC I mean there's a lot of guys that just don't play in the bowl games that they're not meaningful bowl games because they know they're going pro. I don't necessarily agree with it, disagree with it. I don't care, you know, one way or the other. I don't know what y'all's opinions are on it. But a non meaningful bowl game if we lose, we lose. A lot of people ain't playing. Backups are playing, whatever. But what I noticed in the national championship is our second and third string team came in on defense, shut them down. On offense, scored another two or three touchdowns. And I looked at one time, I, I saw a, a replay of Max Duggan, and he looked and he said, "There's," he said, I just got sacked by their third string defensive end or their third string something. And it's like, that's the depth you get when you come to the SEC. And not all SEC, like a Vandy or a, you know, sometimes like a a Missouri. Sometimes, I mean, Missouri's been good. They've won the East once since they've been in here, you know. But like a Missouri or a Vandy, they don't have the depth. But, I mean, even like a Mississippi State, a Ole Miss, a South Carolina who beat Tennessee, who's one of the best teams in the country. The depth is there, and that's what I think everybody got to see on display because people would say, oh, TCU should have never been there. TCU had an undefeated regular season and lost to a good Kansas State team in the Big 12 championship. Why didn't they deserve to be there? They were number three in the country all along, lost that one game, but beat everybody else all season long. So could they have dropped to fourth? Maybe. Whatever. Don't care. They deserve to be there. Everybody's like Alabama, Alabama. Alabama lost two games. Period. They didn't play in their college they didn't play in their
conference championship. They lost to LSU. They lost to Tennessee. Georgia beat Tennessee. If anybody should have been in over TCU, and I still don't think they should, it should have been Tennessee. Tennessee beat Bama. Then Bama lost again. Bama lost two games. I don't care if it's about three points, last plays of the game. I don't care. You lose, you lose, period. So, now granted, Tennessee lost two games. Wasn't in theirs. But all these people said Alabama should have been in. You can't put a two-loss Alabama team in over a two-loss Tennessee team because Tennessee beat Bama, period. LSU, whatever, like, I think they got it right. I'm an SEC man, but I think they had the. I think they had it right. I, I, if it was up to me, TCU would have been fourth. Georgia would have played them in the Peach Bowl and then probably play, and played the winner of Michigan Ohio State for the national championship. Because to me, the Georgia Ohio State game was the national championship. That was a great game. People could say whatever they want. It wasn't a dirty hit. How whatever. I don't. I don't care. Say what you want to say. That was a national championship. Georgia won fair and square. Came out, demolished TCU. And Josh Heupel said it best. I saw him on a podcast recently. and It was Taylor Lewan's podcast. And he asked, he said, how do you think they fixed the, the playoff system if after that game, Georgia-TCU? And he said, put the top four SEC schools in there and there's your best team in the country. And yeah, it sounds biased coming from an SEC coach or an SEC fan. But the numbers speak for themselves. Look over the last few years. I mean, an SEC team has been in almost every playoff championship there's been. Alabama, LSU, or Georgia has won 80% of those games. Ohio State won the first one, I think. Clemson won one. And I think that's about it. I mean, it's it, the numbers are staggering. So if everybody can say, host, they should be in, they should be in, they should be in, whatever, that's fine. But at the end of the day, there will be an SEC team in the national championship every year. I I don't see any other way around it. Now, when they expand the playoffs to a 12-team, which I'm fine with, I'd have probably went with an 8-team, not a 12, because, you know, they say more will give you the actual true best champion in the of all the best team of all, but anybody can have a bad day and lose to a team that's not any better than them. Look at the NCAA champ, the NCAA tournament. A 15 seed will beat a two seed, and they're not better than that two seed. They just caught fire that night one, and then they'll get smashed the very next round. And you always have your Cinderella, like the Loyola Chicago's that might get to the Elite Eight. But for the majority, if a if a lower-seeded team beats a higher-seeded team, they usually get smoked the very next game. So I don't know if it'll definitely give us the number one team in the country. But, I mean, right now, the top four teams in the country, whoever wins, that yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate. But I also like football, so I don't mind seeing an eight-team or a 12-team playoff. So we'll see that coming soon. But I'm just hard-pressed for anybody to bet against the SEC. It rarely happens that we lose. And back in the BCS stuff, that was I that crap was garbage. I hated the BCS. But now we got what we got. Georgia demolished them. If you want to win a title, you got to come through Athens. I'm not gonna say, hey, we're the new Alabama. We're the we're Georgia. We're the new standard of college football. That's how I want to roll. That's how we are. 
Um, Bama's going to be good next year. They got the number one recruit class in the nation again. Georgia got number two. Um, and you can say, hey, the number one recruiting class doesn't mean anything because look at A&M this year. They had the number one recruiting class, played like crap, but A&M doesn't have Saban. And I've noted the Alabama Crimson Tide are in need of a defensive coordinator. And I've been seeing these media outlets saying, hey, Dan Schumann is the perfect candidate to leave Georgia and become the D.C. over at Alabama. Schumann hadn't said anything yet. I don't understand why they're throwing that out there. He seems happy. Yeah, he's a co-defensive coordinator, but to me it seems like he runs more of the defense. Muschamp also does well. Muschamp loves it where he's at. He's content. He's happy. But he also works with the special teams. So I don't know why you would leave for Bama, but if you do, I don't know. But he hasn't said anything. Everything I'm reading is just the media outlet saying he's the perfect candidate. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Todd Munkin's getting some NFL interest, but he hasn't said anything about wanting to leave. He's in a great position. Back-to-back national championships. The guys, I don't know if he leaves or not. He hasn't said anything. I doubt he does. I don't think anybody leaves this offseason because I honestly think everybody there wants to go for the three-peat. And we have a legitimate chance of what we have coming back, the defensive players we have coming back, the offensive line we have coming back, the the running backs we have coming back, running the receivers we have coming back. I mean, we have a stout team. We have a chance to three-peat because a lot of the guys coming back, have, that's what I love about Georgia. They rotate. Guys who are freshmen, sophomores, they're more like juniors, seniors because they see the field. They see playing time. And at practice, it's like playing pro players. They have, they get good playing time even in practice because it's five stars everywhere. So we got a legitimate chance to three-peat and be the first team to ever do that, first school to ever do that. So I don't see any coaching staff leaving because I think they're they're all competitive enough to be like, I think we can do it. Let's see if we can. Now, after next year, if they don't, or even if they do, we'll see. I mean, if they do, heck, they might stay around and try to four-peat, but I don't know. We, You know, we're getting ahead of ourselves with that, but I don't see any of our coaches leaving, but you know, I've been wrong before. I also said that TCU would keep the game close, and we saw where that went. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what next year's team ha- has to offer. I was super excited to watch the uh, national championships and the playoffs, but it's always bittersweet because once that's over, it's done. We wait till September to get more college football. And that's always such a long wait because you got to listen to, oh, so-and-so's doing this or so-and-so got hurt here, this or this or this. And you always hear these things. You're sitting on edge waiting and waiting and waiting just to see what the final product's going to look like September 3rd. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Georgia has a chance to three-peat. I mean, the schedule, I'll admit it looks weak. Tennessee has a chance to beat us. South Carolina has a chance to beat us. I don't see Florida getting any better. I don't see Kentucky getting any better. Yeah, they're getting Devin Leary from probably getting Devin Leary from North Carolina State, but I didn't see him do squat at State. And they kept talking about him, talking about him, talking about him. I think we're fine. We got Ole Miss, Auburn. Ole Miss potentially, depending on how Kiffin does this offseason, what he brings in in recruiting, and how Jackson Dart does. Auburn, they got a new coach. 
I don't think they'll be ready to perform next year, but heck, new coaches don't mean anything. TCU, Sonny Dykes, first year national championship game. But I just don't see Auburn giving us much of a fit either. They're, they're playing us at home because we played them on the Plains this past year. I can't remember. I think we actually go back to Auburn this year. Uh, but Tennessee will be a big game. It's at Neyland Stadium, so we'll have to see what happens there. We play South Carolina at home this year because we played them in South Carolina this past year. So it'll be, but other than that, I don't, you know, I see two teams, maybe three, giving us a real run for our money. I hate to say sound like that, but just on paper right now, by the time the season starts, who knows? But this will be the first year in a while, this upcoming year, that we don't have a big time game out the gate, like a Clemson or a North Carolina that year or a Oregon. We're just going to pull Alabama and play an FCS school out the gate, nothing serious and see what happens so we got a pretty good schedule to try for the three-peat but we'll see what happens but i think georgia's gonna be fine best of luck to all the transfers i mean they can still come back there's only uh three of them that have already signed other places we'll see what happens with that but i'm really interested to see about these transfers coming in and these freshmen because there's a lot of rage about some of these freshmen and after watching dylan bell malachi starks Mikhail Williams, Bear Alexander, watching all these freshmen play this year. We go out and get a certain type of player, and if they're all coming in fitting the mold, we should be fine. But uh, this is going to be the last episode of the first season. There's 10, 10 episodes this season, but now that college football is over, it's time to transition into something else. And I'm a big-time Hawks fan, big-time Falcons fan, big-time Duke Blue Devil fan and big-time Braves fan, but it's time to transition. And uh, what's playing, we've got the NBA, the NFL is in the playoffs right now, and we've got college basketball. Nothing really to talk about about my Blue Devils. They got, you know, five out of the top 50 freshmen coming in, and they're playing, but they're just not gelling. Some of these guys, Derek Lively, for one, number one player in the country, seven foot one. He sets screens and he and he rolls and he has putbacks. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't shoot well. He doesn't do much of anything else. So it's kind of weird to me. He's playing okay. He gets rebounds, but he's not a number one player in the country, in my opinion. You got Kyle Filipowski, who's seven foot, but he can shoot threes. He can drive. He can put the ball on the floor. He was ranked like seven in the country. Then you got Dariq Whitehead. He's playing good, but he's still, I don't think, is 100%. You got Tyrese Proctor, who reclassified. He's coming in. They're just not gelling. We have Jeremy Roach. He's a, so he's a junior this year. He had a great NCAA tournament last year, but he's got a toe injury. He's the only player that played a lot last year other than uh, Blake's that Duke has. They got, they're got they not they're – not, they haven't gelled correctly yet. So they're not right. I think it's the first time in a long time that Kentucky – North Carolina and Duke are all not ranked in the top 25. Um, I don't know what's happening with uh, North Carolina. They were the number one team coming in the season. Runner-up in the national championship last year. Had all these guys coming back for their senior year, like Baycock and Leaky Black and Bryce Love. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they're actually worse than Duke this year. And Duke is just playing a bunch of freshmen, one – return guy and some transfers 
So I'm hoping that Duke will finally start gelling. But it's the first year since uh, it's their first year without Mike Shashevsky. Um, you got um, and of course right now his his name is leaving me, which it shouldn't. John Shire. He's he's a good coach. He's going to be a great coach. I think these guys gel by the time the ACC tournament comes around. They'll make the NCAA tournament. I don't know how far they'll go, but, you know, we'll just have to see. But so far, John Shire shows you he can recruit. We just got to figure out a way to get back to that uh, premier status. So not too much to go into college basketball. Uh, Georgia looks pretty good. They're surprising everybody. They lost to Kentucky last night, but played a good game. Just went cold the second half. And Oscar Shibway, 34 points, 20 Four rebounds, something crazy. That kid's a beast, but heck, Kentucky's not ranked. And they're talking about Calipari might end up at Texas since uh, Chris Beard got fired. So there's some stuff going college basketball, but not a whole lot. Um, some teams they thought they'd be good were good. Some teams we didn't know are better than we thought. But all in all, I mean, college basketball really doesn't start getting real intense till that till the um, conference tournaments and the uh, NCAA tournament comes around. Then it's then it's fun. Like me, I like watching all of them, but everybody starts watching those NCAA games uh, for the tournament. But let's talk about my dysfunctional Hawks. I don't know what's going on down there. I got some ideas. I think it has a lot to do with their owner, Tony Ressler, and his 27-year-old son, who's now a general manager, or he's assistant general manager with Kyle Corver and they got another guy. I can't remember his name now, but Travis Slink has stepped down from president operations to just an advisory role, which tells me that he'll be, he's looking for somewhere else to go. Cause Kyle Corver just got signed. And then you got the other two guys, a 27 year old Nick wrestler. And for some reason, I cannot remember the general manager's name. But they're all young with not a whole lot of experience as far as general managers go. And what I'm hearing is that Schlink stepped down because the wrestlers made the DeJounte Murray trade. They pushed it and pushed it and forced it. And Schlink didn't want it because he knew that, I mean, DeJounte and Trey are great players and they've played good together. They're starting to kind of turn it around now that we're all healthy again. But they both demand the ball a lot. They're good with the on-ball scores. Have the ball they can make for themselves. They can create for themselves. They can also dish. But they thrive when they have the ball. And now we got two of them. And Schlink saw that and saw what we had to give up for him and didn't want it. But when that got pushed past him by upper management, that kind of put a bad taste in his mouth. And he stepped down, and I think he's looking for somewhere else to go. And after from two years ago from the the uh, Eastern Conference Championship to barely making it into the playoffs last year to this year, we're sitting at ninth, middle of the pack, looking not very good. Now, granted, we fought a lot of injuries, but now we have everybody back. Um, So I think we have a chance to turn it around, but there's just dysfunction in that front office, which is leading to dysfunction on the court. Like, Trey Young and Nate McMillan, I don't think, are on the same page. And Trey Young's our superstar. We just signed him to a big extension. And outside sources, not a, not in the Atlanta Hawks, but outside sources and other GMs are 
saying that Trey Young might be the next superstar to request a trade. He just signed a big deal. So before he does that, get rid of Nate McMillan. Bring in somebody else who, because I think Nate McMillan has lost the locker room, just like they said Lloyd Pierce did, because there's just so much crap going on that every day we turn around, John Collins is probably going to get traded. And ever since they signed in the contract, he's talked about they've talked about trading him. And now they've given him and his team permission to go look for a trade partner. So I don't know. I don't foresee John Collins being with the Hawks after the trade deadline. He's kind of not performed up to the contract they gave him, but he's been hurt, but he's turning it around this year. I see. I feel like he's playing better, but then you turn around, he's got six points and eight rebounds. It's like, but he plays on a team that's dominated by guards and three-point shots. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it starts in the front office. Kyle Korver... Just can't, he just got signed. Welcome to the crap show, son. They're going to try to make chicken salad out of chicken crap in his front office, apparently. DeJounte Murray, they're all, I think we have him this year and next year. Then he's a free agent. He's a restricted free agent this coming year, I'm pretty sure. With everything going on, if we don't make some kind of run at the playoffs, he's probably going to look for somewhere else to go. But Trey's, I found out that we found out Trey got fined. Last year, after they got put out of the tournament because he chartered his own private jet back instead of flying with the team, so they find him. I mean, it's just a whole lot going on. Trey's your franchise player. I think right now he's he's in a little bit of a funk because everything going on. He's not shooting like he's used to, but he's still putting up points, putting up assists. I mean, the kid's still playing good. I just think we need to figure something. I think first and foremost, get rid of Nate McMillan. Get us a coach in there. And if you're going to do it, do it now before the All-Star break so we can, you know, see what we got going. But granted, we've won our last three games. We play tonight uh, against the Mavs. We'll see what's going on. Maybe we can win four in a row. Maybe everything starts calming down. We make a playoff run and then see if we want to get rid of McMillan in the offseason. We need to figure out what's going on in the front office. I heard another guy say it best. With this Nick Wrestler kid, he's 27, never been a GM. He's just the owner's son. Pretty much just got handed a an NBA team, and now he's playing NBA 2K on association mode. It's pretty much what's happening. This kid's going to try to make all the rules, this, this, and that. I foresee John Collins leaving. And all the trades I've seen so far the predicted trades where he could go this, that, and the other. I don't like any of them. I don't think we're getting anything back, not draft picks, nothing that's going to make us better this season. So I don't know what's going on with the Hawks. We went from a team on the rise to, hey, maybe in the next five years they're winning an NBA title to in less than two years, uh, kind of a W, like a a what the F is going on type moment. Because I don't know what's happening. But luckily, we've won our last three games, so we'll see what's happening from there. But, again, it just kind of worries me. Um, Now, my the NFL still going on. We've got the, the wild card weekend just finished up. Jacksonville Jaguars made a great comeback. That was awesome. Uh, a local kid 40 minutes away from where I live. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Had a huge comeback. He looked like he'd never thrown a football in the first half. Second half coming out like a superstar. 
coming back from 27-0, insane. That was a Falcons-looking moment by the Chargers. Then you got the Bills winning. You got Tom Brady looking like a, a scrub. Um, Dallas beating him. You got the Eagles still in it. You got Kansas City. It's a fun-looking playoffs right now, so we'll see what happens. I predict, my personal prediction, because who's left in the AFC? You got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, and you got the Jaguars. And for some reason, there's one other team eluding eluding me right now. But I foresee it's going to come down to Bills Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Oh, the Bengals. My bad, the Bengals. Um, but I still think it comes down to Bills Chiefs and it comes down to as bad as I don't want to say this, because the Giants looked really good the other day. The Eagles have looked good all year. The Cowboys have not looked good all year, but all of a sudden now they look good except for their kicker can't kick an extra point to save his life. I think it comes down to Eagles. Or the Cowboys in the NFC Championship, and I think the Eagles play the Bills for the for the NFL Championship. That'd be Super Bowl would be pretty cool to see Eagles, and honestly, I'd rather probably see the Cowboys and the Bills because that's two teams who haven't been to the Super Bowl in a long time. But I think the Eagles are just too good right now. But we'll see what happens. But my Falcons had a better year than anybody predicted. They predicted us to finish dead last. And we didn't finish great, but we fin- we had more wins. We had triple the wins they thought we would. We got to see what our rookie quarterback's made of. He beat Tom Brady, so finally the Falcons have beaten Tom Brady in Tom Brady's career. Um, but we landed ourselves at the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft. And most of the... Mock drafts I'm seeing, we're getting uh, Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. So that's not bad. Uh, Our defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, has retired. So now we're looking for a defensive coordinator. Uh, Cordero Patterson's really wanting Brian Flores to get a chance at an interview. But uh, Vic Fangio definitely got an interview for uh, Vic Fangio. The old uh, head coach of the Broncos got an interview. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, our rookies this year looked. Our rookie, um, our rookies look great. Tyler Algier Algier did great at running back this year. Uh, Huntley looked good at running back. Drake London looked great. I don't know why we're not using like utilizing Kyle Pitts more than we are. Uh, he ended up with a season-ending in- injury, but I don't think it's nothing really major. I think he'll be fine. I mean, well, no, take that back. It was it was some definite uh, knee damage, ACL, MCL. I can't exactly remember, but I think he'll come back healthy. But I don't know why we're not using him like we should. But uh, we'll see what they do. They got the eighth overall pick. I definitely think we need to figure out our pass rush. We have none. So we'll see what takes place there. I think we need to really focus on Offensive line and defense. I think our skill positions were okay for the most part. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if Desmond Ritter is the 
quarterback of the future. But who knows? We can uh we can just see what happens there. I don't I don't think he's the quarterback of the future, but I also don't think we draft a quarterback this year. I don't think we'll have a quarterback worth drafting at the eighth pick. I feel like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, who I personally don't think Bryce Young's gonna do great at the NFL level. Jalen Hurts is doing good, but you don't see a whole lot of Bama quarterbacks doing great at the next level. Like Mac Jones started strong, <laughs> fell off. Jalen Hurts didn't start strong. Now he's playing better, looking good. Tua hasn't start didn't start strong. Had a good year this year. We'll have to see what happens after all the uh concussions the kid took. So I don't foresee Bryce Young doing much in the NFL, but of course he's from Bama. He's a quarterback. He they're gonna have him ranked high. I think CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than Bryce Young, but Caleb Williams wouldn't be a bad one coming in next year. So we'll just have to see. I don't think we take a quarterback this year. I think we take a lot of defense and maybe some offensive linemen. And uh, we'll just kind of see how we go there. But my Falcons played better than normal this year. But, hey, I still not where I think we should have been. I mean, I don't know what has happened. After that 28-3 to lead that we blew in the Super Bowl, we've just never come back. And I don't know what's happened. So we'll see. But, hey, I'm still a Falcons fan through and through. Uh, next episode, I'm gonna get into some more off-season stuff with the Braves because they'll be coming. They'll be going to spring training here soon. Um, so we'll talk maybe a little bit about that, but we'll definitely keep talking. So now we're gonna get into uh, season two and uh, talk more about NBA, NCAA basketball. Keep up with the uh, NFL. Uh, playoffs and then just any big news that comes out of any other I mean any sports like any college football where it says hey this big name guy just transferred here or anything like that we'll just kind of get into that as well but uh we'll uh we'll catch y'all on the next one um hope you enjoy this episode again thanks for any and all support and uh we'll see y'all uh we'll see y'all at the end of this week Have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Bye.